Welcome to another episode of Central Texarkana Podcast, a ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. We pray this episode will seek to help you in your walk with Jesus this week as we talk about our sermon from this past Sunday in Ephesians chapter 2. Welcome and let's get started. Brother Joshua, here we are again for another episode, another um, sermon recap. I enjoy these sermon recaps because it it helps keep the keep the text and the and some of the things that you talked about in your message in my mind throughout the week. So I'm I'm glad we started doing these. You know what? I'm right there with you, Corey, and it's good to see you. It's good to uh, to get to be together and do this again. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do. I like you. I look forward to it. it. It keeps the thoughts alive. It keeps the word of God alive. Um, keeps the preaching in the forefront of people's minds. And uh, and we're going to do it again today. Yes. And we're going to be in chapter two. Uh, Corey already mentioned that in the intro. So those that are listening, we're in Ephesians chapter two. The message on Sunday was verses one to five. Verses 1 to 5, and um, we see the power of God that is talked about uh, there towards the end of chapter 1. We're we're seeing the working of that power through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. Corey. And uh, so why don't we go ahead and we'll read the text for people that are listening and uh, and then we'll start talking about it. Sound okay to you? Sounds great. I enjoy it. I, I, I love it. I think it's been great. All right, man. Here we go. So it says in uh, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed uh, the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. It goes on to say, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Amen. That, <laughs> and that last, uh, that mm-hmm. last phrase you read there is, is one of the greatest phrases in all of Scripture. By grace you have been saved. Uh, no doubt about it, man. I tell you. You know, one of the things that I shared on Sunday, and it's an illustration that we've heard a lot, is uh, I, I remember even back in 2000, I think it was 2008, when we were at the Billy Graham School of Evangelism, and I remember watching a video while we were there in Asheville. Was that North Carolina? Asheville, North Carolina? I think so, yeah. <clears throat> we were at the Cove, and I remember them showing a video along the lines of, you know, this, you know, God throwing this life preserver mm-hmm. out to the center. And all the center has to do is reach out and grab it. Grab it. You know, just grab it and, and, and they'll be saved. Yeah. And, and that illustration 
it makes sense to people's mind. I mean, it, you know, it makes sense to people. Yeah, yeah. I would have, I would have fallen for that. I, I maybe I shouldn't say it that way. That would have been something I would have related to for sure, as a as a youngster or whatever, hearing that that yeah. analogy, that illustration. And I was, I said, yeah, I want, I want to grab that life raft. Yeah. Or that that. Uh, yeah. That that preserver and and you know life the thing preserver. is whatever yeah. you know I mean however you want to refer to it yeah. the point is it's a life saving device and you reach out and you grab yes. it that's yes. the gist of it but it says here in chapter two verse one that we were dead in our transgressions and sins right and you know and we've heard other guys we've heard you know I've heard Vody Bauckham speak to this I've heard. I've heard it on Wretched Radio. I've heard yeah. a lot of guys, you know, that have spoken to this issue that dead people don't grab life preservers. Right. Dead people don't, you know, they can't do anything. And to me, this is right. This this is at the core of our theology. Yeah. Corey, big deal. It is a very big deal. And and, and you brought that out so, so well the other day during this sermon and and I think um even for someone like me who grew up in kind of that revivalist type atmosphere you know Southern Baptist Church in the 80s and and like I said before the idea of the life preserver was something that I was probably I was probably given that illustration mm-hmm. at some point in my childhood teen years or whatever yeah and thinking, yeah, that's that's awesome. Like, but but then, and especially as I've gotten more and more into the scriptures and and reading God's word more often on a daily basis, and you read something like verse one, and you were dead, and the ESV says in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. And it makes more sense what you're saying. That if you're dead, you can't reach out and grab the life preserver. Right. Like you have to depend on the sovereign will of God for him to reach down and grab you. Right. And and there it's, you it's, go. To, it's the total opposite of what, as a 50-year-old man, I, you know, it's the total opposite of what I grew up with hearing. Me too. You know, it's, it's, um, it, it falls right in line with chapter one. Mm-hmm. You know, when Paul says, you know, that for he chose us in him, this is verse four of chapter one, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Right. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. If you, you know, if you come further down to verse 11, in him we were also chosen or made heirs, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In other words, the theme in all of this, Corey, is that this is his doing. Right. We can't do anything for our salvation. Right. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. The people that 
struggle against chosenness, that struggle against predestination and the sovereignty of God, I think there are people, and I'm not saying that I have the answers to all of this, I mean, or anything like that. I'm just saying that people that struggle against that, who can't recognize the sovereignty of God in chapter one, will not understand. No, they won't. This verse in chapter two. And it yeah, and I'll be honest, it took me some time to to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. But just as another example, uh, you you will not find me singing uh during the invitation as as long as I have control over that, uh we will not sing the song I have decided to follow Jesus anymore. Hmm. Because because it's not it's not all our decision, right? He decides. He decides. And and you know and and you're probably in the same boat. We grew up with the interpretation of chapter one basically being, oh well, God just knew that you were going to invite Christ into your life at some point. Hmm. He he already knew that. Yeah. And that's and that's how we dealt with, you know, God knew that you would come to him. And what we don't what what we didn't understand during those those times when we were when we were taught that type of theology was that um we don't necessarily come to Christ. Christ goes and comes to us. Yeah. And, um, but if you, if you read that more carefully and you study it out as you have and, and have presented to us over the past weeks, you can't help but understand salvation in a totally different light. Right. Cause I think totally different now about salvation than I did probably even three or four years ago. Right. Like it's a total, total different thing for me. Wow. You know, it's a, uh, it's an ongoing growth and it, sanctification. It is. Yes. It's a, it's a process that, um, that you have to kind of go through to, to, to really understand the difference between us choosing and making a decision mm-hmm. as human beings and God sovereignly saying, I have chosen you yes. before the foundation of the world and understanding what that really means. That's there. There's a, a total disconnect there and you have to, you have to be able to connect it. Right. Right. I think it's important to point out the tense that's used in Paul's right. language. And uh, and we talked a little bit about that Sunday. Yeah. Because he says, as for you, you were dead. You know, he's speaking to he, a Gentile population there in Ephesus, right? And so he says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed, mm-hmm. you know, all of that's past tense. Right. So he's, he has knowledge of this group of people he's talking to that, mm-hmm. that they belong to Christ. Yes. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to use past tense with them. Right. He says, this is where you were. He describes it in verse 2. Describes it more in verse 3. He, uh, he relates to them. Because, you know, Paul never shot away from his own past and his own testimony, right? Right. But he says in verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time. And uh, and who is the them that he talks about in verse 3? It's those who are still willfully disobedient. And one of the distinctions that I drew on, on Sunday that I think is an important one to help us know the difference between those who are chosen and those who are not, uh, those that past tense applies to mm-hmm. that are now in a different present right, with a different future. To me, an, an important distinction is in verse two, he says the spirit is now and now at work in those who are disobedient. And it's a difference of willful disobedience mm-hmm. as opposed to those who are willfully being sanctified. Right. It, it, it's, it's not that the struggle ceases and the suffering stops. Right. Because we still are going to sin. Because we still have a sin nature that we have to contend with. Yes. But we submit ourselves to the Word of God. We are willfully sanctified to become more like Christ, right? Yes. And we invoke, we are able to invoke the Holy Spirit to help us. Yes. Who lives in us. Yes. And um, he says in verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time. Again, that was then gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. We, d- we did that following mm-hmm. its desires and thoughts. And then like the rest, and this is a kind of another um, issue that I think that's problematic for people, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Yeah. And I think that right there is another issue that people have a problem with, They that, that God today is still a God of wrath. Right. And they don't, they don't, they don't believe that because right. they, they see God as a wrathful God only in the new te- or the old Testament, only in the old Testament. And of course, to some, to some Christians, the old Testament is almost worthless. Like we have the new covenant. Now that's all we need to know. Mm-hmm. But yet there's all kinds of value in the old Testament because Christ is all over it. Right. He's all throughout it. And so is the wrath of God. But you also have verses like we have here in Ephesians that still talk, talk about the wrath of God even here in the New Testament. Right. So it's still there. Yeah. We still have to we still have to understand that that we have to we have to deal with that. You know, it's um I was looking at a, a comparison and, you know, just, just looking at these two different groups of people, the willfully disobedient versus those who are being willfully 
sanctified or submissive to that. And, you know, one group, those who are willfully disobedient are characterized here in this text as dead. Mm -hmm. They're characterized in this text as having Satan as their father. Yeah, the prince of the power of the air. You know, and of course we've talked about willfully disobedient and objects of wrath. The other group, uh, those who are willfully sanctified, those who are chosen, are described as alive, right? As we're going to see, and God is their is our Father. Yes. And we're willfully sanctified, and we're not objects of wrath, but we're objects of glory. So, one of the texts that that I took us to on Sunday was John chapter 8. Because this idea that people, because there's only two two choices, Corey, either God is our father or Satan is our father. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? Yeah, that's that and makes sense. Jesus makes it clear. You know, he says in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning in verse 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and, know, and, and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin if I am telling the truth? Why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. I mean, there's the option yeah. right there. You either belong to God or you don't. Right. You belong to Satan. And, you know, I'm just, I'm struck by the, just the outright bluntness that Jesus speaks with right there. You, you know, it's just, he's just right there, like, You are of your father, the devil. Like he just, <laughs> yeah. He and I, you know, I realize, you know, he's he's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He he can be as blunt as he wants, but he's just right out there. You are of your father, the devil. Yeah. No bones about it. Right. But then you get to verse four, and it all changes. Yeah. Everything changes. Yeah. And uh, it says, but because. Of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. And so for the person who has a relationship with Jesus Christ, for that person who has been saved, I mean, here it is right here. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the the shift in eternity. This is this is the movement from one destination to the other. Yeah. And um, and it's because of God's great love for us. Yeah. It's not a love that can be found anywhere else. Which which began with the creation of man. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a redemptive plan that's been at work ever since the beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, with that with that in mind, I even before he created mankind, he had chosen us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Before the foundation. Before of the, the world. creation of the world. That's right. It says uh, in verse four, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. He made us alive with Christ. And here it is again, the word dead, even when we were dead in transgressions. Yeah. That, you know, that's, that goes back to Romans, right? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But then he's going to raise us up. ESV says, May, uh, when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And I don't know, do you want me to say verse 6? No, we're going to be in verse 6. We're going to be starting wanna, there this upcoming wanna, Sunday. I don't want to spill the beans. You know. <laughs> but he has made a, you know, the, the beginning of, of the passage last week says we were dead. Yes. The end of the passage last week says we're alive with Christ. Yes. Yes. So you have that, you have that, probably the greatest contrast of, of all from death to life. I don't think there is a greater contrast. All all in five verses. You know, right there. Yeah. And if 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 we got nothing else from the sermon this past Sunday, we should have we should have been able to leave that service understanding A that we were dead in our sins, spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, by the by the time we got to the end, we were alive. We were alive. Yeah. And we don't like. And I'm not talking necessarily about our church per se, but you can go to some churches and there's no there's no life. You would you would think that they didn't understand even anything about joy or life in Christ at all. Yeah. But how can you not get excited to read to read and understand he made us alive together with Christ? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's reason to stand up and shout right there and I'm not necessarily the shouting type but Yeah. I mean you can get excited about that. Mm. I think the reason that people may struggle with the fullness of this, mm-hmm. me included. I'm no exception. I've gotten more to where Yeah. You know, I, I get I, I get the, the depth of it more now than I ever have. Right. Me too. But for a large part of my Yeah, we didn't we Christian didn't. life, I've I've never I've been off the mark in terms of really fully understanding this and 
and I think I, I, I not realizing, I mean, I mean, death, it, it's the total absence of life. Mm-hmm. And when you look around and you see people, you know, when we look at people, this shapes the church's evangelism. Right. Because then we begin to see people as either dead or alive. And, but I think many of us view people and we, we just see alive and then really alive. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's this measurement of, of life, but there's life everywhere. Yeah. You know, like there's always life, but in reality, according to this text, that's not the case that people are dead or alive. Yes. And there's and there and there we're not talking about the scripture is not giving us we, we we don't have like a measurement you know you're 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 kind of dead or you're kind of alive if you're kind of de- you can't be kind of no, dead you, <laughs> I mean think about that you can't be you're either you're, you're dead. either dead or you're alive yeah. you, you can't even be kind of dead you can't be kind of alive no you're dead <laughs> or you're alive I'm re- it, may, it reminds me of the old wanted <laughs> the old wanted posters you know from the old west wanted dead or alive yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> You're either one or the other. You can't be kind of. You can't measure it out and say that I'm partly this or that. You are very distinctly, absolutely one or the other. Yeah. So why don't we... uh, And I, I just... Something came to me a few minutes ago, you know, in talking about those of us who are alive in Christ and... And kind of the way we'll live and our our behavior and and different things like that uh, results, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. of that life in Christ. And I I was reminded of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five. Those of us who have who have received that grace, yeah, and are seeking to to live it live it every day. And, should be displaying these this fruit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control yeah and you know if there's not some evidence of that fruit in a, in a in a Christian's life, then that may need to give them pause. But as you've said, you know, in the past, you know, these things that we've been studying in Ephesians, like I believe you made the comment early on, especially when we were talking about predestination, election, you wanted people to understand you know, there's no call to question your salvation per se. Mm-hmm. Like even 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 myself, you know, I was saved when I was eight years old, and I know for a fact that I was saved, that right. I am saved. Yeah. But I grew up in an Armenian revivalist theology. Mm-hmm. 
and I now understand a little bit more about basically biblical, what we're talking about, biblical Christianity. Right. But I have no reason, no call to, to challenge the fact that I'm, that, that I know that God saved me. And I think people, some people begin to read some things and and then they start to question. And uh, I would hope that if if you if you know that God has come into your life through the through the person of Jesus Christ and and saved you, and you have that knowledge solid in your heart, then you can stand on that. Absolutely. You can stand on that and 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 you don't have to worry about um any of anything else. But like I said, as we as we grow in Christ, we will start displaying those fruit. Yeah. That fruit. Yeah. It's not those, it's that. You know, Paul told the Philippians that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to live is Christ. And um, death to self. And um, I believe there's a lot of value in understanding this text. Yes. And spending time with it. Yes. Even even when Jesus said for us to take up our cross and follow him daily. Mm-hmm. Um, or take up our cross daily and follow him. I believe is how it actually states, but you know, Jesus died on that cross. Yeah. And as we, as we do that and, and, and and we seek to follow him and we take up that cross every day, it's kind of like a, a reminder, if you will, of of our passage from death to life. Yeah. I think Colossians uh, gives us good insight in chapter 1, beginning in verse 21. And uh, maybe we can close out with this. But it kind of reiterates, you know, Ephesians and Colossians, you know they're they're closely related yeah, yeah. um but it says uh, once you were alienated from god and that's a that's another illustration of what it means i mean you were dead in transgressions and sins you were alienated there was no way to bridge the gap apart from jesus christ but once you were alienated from god and were enemies in your minds Because of your evil behavior. Verse 22. And we see the same kind of shift here. It says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, again, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, it's what we're seeing here. There's some different language there, but the principle here is the same. 
we were dead. Yeah. And when we were dead, we were alienated. We were separated. We were not reconciled. We were apart from God. Right. And we have been brought near through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We have been brought near because of a work that God has done, not a work that we could do. Right, right. And for those of you that are listening, I think I'd wrap it up that way for us today. You know, that God is entirely responsible for your salvation and I, I don't want to I don't want to take away the there is that moment that that person says yeah uh, yes I believe I believe we have yeah we still have to do that you know there is that moment that says I believe but, but we, I don't but I don't think saying I believe and grabbing a grabbing a life preserver is the same thing. Right. I, I, I think if if we need to go a little deeper to understand the doctrines of the faith and realize that there's still a sovereign work of regeneration. Right. A work of God that precedes even faith. That that's not something that comes about in our own no, we have to be making led led to that point, you know, and that's done by God, yeah, uh, as well. So, anyway, how those two marry up and how they run eternally true, I, I don't have all the answers to how exactly that works, but I think we got what we can get. You yeah, know, I think that was the gist of the message on Sunday. And and uh, do you have anything else you would leave? with those that are listening and uh, then we'll close out. I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think it's a good spot to wrap it up. Looking forward to, uh, this Sunday. Amen. When we go a few verses on past this. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to get there. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for listening to the uh, sermon recap. And, uh, if you have any feedback or any questions or any issues or, Anything like that, we encourage you to uh, put it in the comments. You know, make a, you know, reply. You know, we'll reply to you. Um, you know, just, just put what you think out there. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Definitely. So. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We will see you guys on Sunday.